and the pot nut soda. And now it's time for Brett, Brian, and oh damn, enjoy the show. Yeah, it's the most WWE thing I think has, that has ever happened in the UFC. It is ridiculous. Yeah, I Vince saw McMahon <laughs> should take notes. I'm, I mean, you see this, and if especially if you're a wrestling fan, you're like, oh, this happens every week. Somebody does something like this, um, and then the fake police officers show up, and you know that they're actors, and then nothing happens. Uh, but in this case, Conor McGregor really went to jail. And his ass had to pay $50,000. He threw that dolly like Bob Knight across the court. He did. I mean, it that was. was like a Bob Knight toss. Yeah. Which which makes me think, have you guys ever thrown something that hard and like regretted it immediately like upon release? No. It's happened to me a million times before. I'm, I remember. I'm in, I'm in control of my emotions. Even as a kid? No. Yeah. Oh, man. I remember. You must have been a boring fucking kid, Dan. Yeah. That's fine. Dude, that's happened. Brian, how about you? Have you oh, ever yeah. done that? I've never sure. done my ass beat. So, so okay. all the time. I, so I used to practice skateboarding tricks in my room on carpet. Oh, because, that's you know, a great idea. Right. Because <laughs> then if you eat shit or, you know, you can't really throw your board around too bad. Um, so, you know, trying to land a kickflip in my room for a couple hours. Couldn't do it. And I... Ended up on one attempt, just fucking chucking it into my closet. And the hole, so, you know, like the front of my board, the lip went into the closet, like stuck out. Oh, like dug into it? Yeah. Uh, And my parents have not repaired it to this day. So whenever I go (laughs) back You will always remember this, Brian. Because they want to shame you is why. Probably. Stare at that hole. Or they're just cheap. I don't know. Think about what you did. Probably I'm trying to figure out, though, did Conor McGregor go through that thought process? Because to me, I think anybody, any normal person, like, it's it's like the slow motion moment. As soon as you let it go, you're like, oh, shit. This is not going to end up good. No. Conor definitely did a, what else can I fucking throw at them? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, well, thank you for joining us on Pop Not Soda. This is season four, episode eight. Brett doesn't even nine. know, so it doesn't matter. No, it's episode you, nine. It's definitely episode eight. Uh, we have a, episode nine, Dan. a fantastic episode for you today because we are joined by the fabulous band Retra, which you, if you are a fan since season one, will know they have made appearances in almost every season. Yeah. So thank you all. We have the whole band with us in uh, quote unquote studio today. Guys, it's good to have you. <laughs> yeah, yes. thank you. Thanks for having us. Hi. Thanks for having us. We we really want to know if it's episode eight or nine first. It's nine. Mm, it's I episode, I'll put Corona Minis on it. Yeah, I feel. But like, will you ever pay? Brad? Yeah, you. That's you the fucking point. The this is my comeuppance right here. Make a bet and lose. You have to pay. Otherwise, what's the point this of the bet? This is my comeuppance on it. No, right you've here. got no fucking integrity, so it's okay. <laughs> um, we've got a great show. We are going to be talking uh, Facebook. We're going to be talking the Duffer Brothers and their pending uh, lawsuit because they may or may not have actually stolen the idea for Stranger Things. We've got an exclusive interview with Retra, and um, if we're nice enough, they may even play some music for you Ooh, all I'm looking forward later to in the show. Uh, but first of all, we're talking about Conor McGregor. If you haven't seen the multiple videos that have come out from his ambush of the press conference for UFC 223 um, that is taking place uh, this past weekend, he and his entourage... Um, Got into the arena, I think it was at the Barclays Center. Right. And um, as the fighters were leaving, just started to chuck multiple things at their buses. Um, I think at one point, it's a trash can that they try to throw. Another point, it's like a guardrail. Um, but that dolly is the one that you can see Connor throw and just crack the front windshield of this tour bus. It doesn't crack it. It, it, it crashes through it. It, it yeah. shatters, yeah, the entire thing. And Brian was telling me this story earlier because it's about a week of story leading up to this incident, which I didn't know, right? Yeah, so th- like one of Connor's buddies who is actually fighting in this most recent pay-per-view who has now been uh, essentially banned or removed because of his involvement in like this whole incident – Uh, He got into it with one of the other guys that's fighting. um, And then this week, Dana White also announced that they're stripping Conor McGregor's belt because he just hasn't been active in the UFC. So if you remember, his last fight was with Floyd Mayweather, where he made a fucking shitload of money 
yeah, probably upwards of like a hundred million dollars has ever made. Uh, so yeah, so like, why would you go back and fight? Right, you just made a hundred million dollars. Like you're gonna chill and live your life and do you. Um, so yeah, him getting his belt stripped this week did not sit well with him. Uh, so he went to go like confront, I guess, both Dana White and this other fighter, and then he just lost his fucking mind and started throwing shit at the bus. And in uh, you know. Through all of this, there's like uh, two fighters, now three because of that dude who is just getting pulled. Uh, so three fights that had to be changed last minute. Off the card that we're recording Saturday, it, it's tonight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is quite a change. Not very good for the UFC. No. Um, and he's arre- he got arrested. He got arrested. Uh, has he posted bail? He has $50,000. Yeah. Wow. That is quite a bail. Which is not, I mean, that much to Connor, but um, it's more than, like I said, Stone Cold Steve Austin ever paid. Um, and he did a lot of shit to Vince McMahon. Shit. There was the, the beer truck. Hit him over um, the head with a piss can. He filled I his, remember in the hospital. He, he filled his convertible with cement. <laughs> yep. um, he ran over somebody's car with a monster truck. Um, attempted murder on the rock like three times. Yeah. I mean, and he never went to jail. Yeah. I mean, McGregor needs that legal team, right? Yeah. I mean, and yes. He, he needs whatever legal team the WWE has. Uh, Is this the end for Conor McGregor in the UFC? Uh, I don't think so. I would say yes. I don't think really? so. Really? Yeah, because Brian's always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I think that the UFC really hasn't been talked about for the last six months or something since this McGregor-Mayweather fight happened. And that wasn't even a UFC fight. That was a boxing match. So I think the UFC has needed something like this to happen. Whether it was intended or not, this is... Bringing hey, if we want to get the conspiracy theory on it, and you want to say that Dana actually made Connor do this because there's been no news traffic about the UFC, it is WrestleMania weekend currently, so they're competing against different events that are going to have well, maybe well far more viewers, especially now that this card has changed so many times, and that Ronda Rousey, which is one of the UFC's most famous stars, has jumped ship to the WWE as well. And so their women's division doesn't have a single star either. She is so awful on the mic, by the way. Yeah, it's kind of like you. Ronda Rousey. Is <laughs> <laughs> that Brett's new nickname? <laughs> well, th- to think like this was... I said conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What No, I think that's, that's stupid, obviously. Yeah. But I do think that Conor Mag- McGregor, I mean, is not only the biggest star in the UFC, but just one of the biggest stars on earth right now, right? Yeah. Uh, so for me to think that they wouldn't allow him back because he's their biggest draw just doesn't make sense to me. I feel like they they need him to to really carry on any sort of momentum that that they have, you know. If they decide to get rid of Conor McGregor, he's just going to go to Bellator and it's going to be really bad for Dana White. Like for sure, cuz people are going to follow Conor McGregor. Exactly. The they don't care where he's well, fighting. Like if if Conor McGregor's out of the UFC, it's of his own accord. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I don't think he's going to go to boxing, so. No. No. Even though, yeah. Does Does CM Punk fight Conor McGregor? No, because no. CM Punk would die. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, if, I guess, if yeah, CM yeah, Punk's going to fight yeah, anyone, it's, it's yeah. going to be Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. If that ever happens, that like would... him getting into MMA. Yeah. Um. Well, in other controversial news, because this first segment is all just uh, legal stuff, lawsuits, uh, Facebook and the is it Cambria Atlantica, Cambridge Atlantica. Yes, yes. Cambridge Atlantica. It's called CA. The yeah okay. Uh, Facebook and CA has uh, continued to unfold now that they believe about eighty-seven million Facebook users had their personal data breached um, and collected uh, by this data firm. And uh, this week, the COO, who is not Zuckerberg, um, came out and said a. Uh, it's all her fault, but that doesn't really mean anything for anybody else. Um, and I think it's just going to get worse. I think eighty-seven million is small. Oh yeah, compared to That's what the actual estimate, number is for sure. Now, is this okay? So this was a data breach. Was this? Um, and it wasn't a data breach like uh, when you think like your credit card or bank information, like um, yeah, uh, clear Equifax. that. Up. Yeah, it's not like that. This is basically. Um, the data that Facebook collects on your profile. So, because, you know, if you ever think when you're talking about something, wanting to buy a product, and all of a sudden it's on an advertisement on your Facebook, anything that they're catching while you're 
um, searching the web, anything they use for um, filtering uh, certain news information that Facebook uses to personalize your experience is the data that they've captured. That information was breached by this data firm. It wasn't just like your birth date and any information you voluntarily put in, but it was all of your actual usage and uh, connections on the accounts, all that kind of stuff. Your online footprint. Yeah. yeah. Is sure. that your information then? It is your information, but it's just different because it's it like when it comes to Equifax, that's just literally like your account information. It doesn't go any further than that. It's just some numbers, your name. This was your, yeah, like Martin said, your data footprint. It was everything you're doing that this website captured, which you weren't even really realizing it was capturing. Yeah. Which to me, like, I don't get why people are just so up in arms about this. Yeah. Like, in my opinion, it's like you, so you're telling me more people in the world know what I want and they're going to like market towards, market towards my you. likes. Oh no. What a terrible strategy. You know, I'm so upset that my information's out there. Yeah. And to me too, like this to me is not like somebody went in and took your, your credit card and your information out of your wallet. This is like somebody catching you on a security camera walking across their field or something because you're using their platform to do whatever you want on it. So technically, do you own what you're putting on and what you're doing on that platform? I mean, I don't think it's that simple because of just how much information Facebook got taught actually collecting. Yeah, I mean, because to me... It was me, a lot of stuff that they weren't upfront about that they were collecting. In yeah, the like messenger data, okay. so phone it, calls. To it me, I mean, like it's that. like seeing security footage of some dickhead and them going, we don't give a shit who this guy is. We're putting it up on YouTube and look at this guy walking around our liquor store doing stupid shit. Like, um, it's like... That to me, that is what it's equating to. Here me. you go. I would say, say that you and Brian have a text conversation, and you're talking shit on, I don't know, Matt Bishop, and Matt Bishop comes to you and says like, "Yo, I heard you were talking shit," and you don't know how he knows, but it's because Allison was going through your phone, and then Matt Bishop found out from Allison. So Allison is Facebook. You don't know that she has this information. Because it should be private because Facebook got caught actually spying on Facebook chat and messaging in their messaging app, which is what people are talking about. It's not just looking at what you're researching, but it's conversations you're having that they were mining data from. Okay. That Cambridge. Yeah, but Atlanta they're not petty high school girls. They're not doing that. I understand. Yeah, I mean, like, you're just saying like exactly. that's the... And to me too, that's argument. like, it, it yeah. kind of gets back to me. It's like security footage. It's like we, we caught these guys talking about this shit on our baseball field or something. It's like, are they technically, you know, deemed privacy if they did this shit Yeah, but then they went and told the person own. you were talking shit about. I, don't, I mean, but that's like, that's the next step. The, I think the problem is, is like, who owns this privacy? Well, right. what this because you're doing it on this platform. Like but the problem is that what this firm people. did is then they took that information and they sold it to political campaigns in which they can then manipulate I mean, how shit, they People put security out. footage yeah. on YouTube to get hits and get, make money off of that. So and what's the difference between the two? One just can shape one's the world. People getting elected into office. I think yeah. the difference yeah. is it's the uh, false sense of privacy. Okay. So if I'm having a private conversation with Martin on Facebook Messenger, well, then you're a fucking idiot I don't if you think, think anything on Facebook that is they're going be to data mine that conversation and then my FBI spy gives me a birthday present yeah, every year. You know, <laughs> that's exactly how I felt. I felt it was basically like the Tumblr FBI agent yeah. posts. Yeah. Uh, but so my Padre shirt was getting old and dingy, <laughs> so he got me a new one. Because I haven't put any shit online in like eight years other than this podcast that would ever really embarrass me. I don't know. That joke was this, pretty bad earlier this week. It's other than this podcast, that's it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, he yeah. puts all his shitty jokes under our platform yeah, so yeah, he yeah. can just he test them out. I blame that shit on Brett and Brian. That's not exactly what I do. <laughs> exactly. Well, you guys, you know, as a band, you know, you have proprietary stuff that you're working on and and obviously sharing with the public you know how, how do you guys feel about potentially having some of this stuff shared with maybe unwanted audiences or do you care at all yeah th i definitely think we care i mean last night when we we posted a song the first thing that peter made sure we did was run it through like a publishing platform such as like cd baby which we pushed it through so that's how it's getting published to spotify and all the other streaming services so we have full ownership over it and the royalty aspect of it is also um, something that they handle as well so it makes it really easy and accessible for 
smaller local artists to push push their stuff out the right way that's without cool. having that fear that's cool so this has happened to local artists probably many times before and then they've created a platform that is now i mean is this is this acts to protect these local artists and make sure securing revenue for them correct yeah it's kind of uh, a general thing in the industry um this is just it's a great way it's a lot easier now basically to get in there um and and do it that way because you just you submit it you pay things like 35 bucks and then they collect all the, the royalties and they make sure like if if it gets played here in town we might hear it and then cool we can act on that and say hey you know you, you owe us but if it gets picked up in europe if it's online some downloads it then they could steal the whole literally the whole song re-record it and go oh this is mine copyright it yeah, okay you know, you know, yeah. over there so this would catch that and be like, oh no 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 no, that's not yours. That's these guys. Okay. Um. So it's kind of just a global thing, and it's um. They write it into the the file itself. Yes. You know, they encode it, so you can't really take it out oh. unless you recorded it. You know, out of like your phone into you know like the rig you have here. No just way. Just like an audio file, but. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And how long has that been around for? I mean, is it years the, the platform i think has they had their 20th anniversary oh no recently. shit yeah, okay so this like is that. yeah it's been going okay. since the early 2000s easily and now how do you guys feel about like concert footage if somebody goes and catches you guys performing at like said venue maybe house of blues or something like that they go and post if house of blues catches you guys you know doing a performance there and then post this up as you know retro playing at house of blues how do you guys feel about that at this point, that's a good thing for us. Okay. Because, you know, we're still just like a starting. local band just starting out. Um, any, any like... Exposure. Exposure is a positive thing for us. Yeah. But, you know, if we're getting that exposure on our own and then House of Blues decides to capitalize on it, then maybe we wouldn't feel the same way. Okay. Okay. So the monetary is where it gets sticky. Yeah. When, when, the, when anybody's making money on top of... Or, before the people that are actually supposed to be making money. Yeah, I would say as long as there's like yeah, posting videos, as long as there's credit given to who it is and, and then you're not making a ton of money off of it, you know, and if you are, then, you know, some of that should go like royalties type of thing. But exposure is exposure. That's, that's all good. Yeah. I think it's like that Metallica line. Like you only care about people posting your stuff and not giving you credit. Um, depending on how famous you are when it comes back to like that Napster where you had a lot of local or up and coming bands who were like, yes, please stream my stuff. Please put it out there because the more exposure, that's how I get signed. That's how I get, um, you know, people to hear what I'm putting out. But if you're already on, on the other side of that line where you make money off everything that you put out and do, and that's how you make a living. No, you don't want that shared for free. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Have you guys yeah, ever absolutely. had like somebody throw dollies at you or anything like that during a <laughs> no. concert? Yeah. No, that's no. Good. not <laughs> that type of dolly. I once had a glue stick thrown on me while playing in the cafeteria at lunch in middle school. No kidding. <laughs> like a, it, the a glue stick. No way. Yeah, yeah. It it actually hit my guitar strings and played a chord for me. <laughs> <laughs> and now that guy gets part credit for that song. <laughs> Uh, well, it's just funny that we bring up copyright and we talk about that because the I think something that I feel like isn't being covered as much as it should be is the fact that what could be Netflix's most popular show, Stranger Things, the creators, the Duffer Brothers, are being sued for apparently stealing the concept and idea behind the show. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I feel like that's hard to bring in a lawsuit. Yeah, right? It's and at this point, it's like, can you really make that claim, you know? Well, I think maybe they waited because they're like, let's make money first, and then we'll go after them when they have money. To me, it's such a fan fiction-inspired show. Where do you even figure out where well, it ripped it from? It's also kind of based off conspiracy theories and like, uh, like very like, is was this really history? Like, we don't really know what went on, but it's alluded to. Um, but apparently, the story is that um, the plaintiff was at a discussion at a film festival after party with the brothers talking about the show that they would like to create based off those experiments um, that the government did or did not do on children back in the 60s and 70s. And then this person finds out that Stranger Things is coming on Netflix and it's the Duffer brothers who they had that conversation with at the party um, and basically ripped their idea. I don't even know how the hell to describe this show. So how do you... 
how do you argue that it's been ripped from you? Right. I don't even know what's going on yeah, in this show. It has something have, tangible. <laughs> yeah, unless you yeah. have like specific details like it's going to be this many kids and you know it's going to be a young female girl because if it's just like an idea like hey it would be cool if we made a show about kids getting experimented on and like there's another dimension yeah. or whatever and this and girl, that was it and right? this girl seven uh, has powers and shit or yeah yeah and then and they just you know you have actually that, created the entire yeah. universe and you have that shit written before the Duffer Brothers pitch this to Netflix then maybe you have a case but I think it's going to come down to very much like the Facebook lawsuit where like did you really come up with facebook because if you did you you would have made facebook right so if you really came up with stranger things you would have made stranger things are you talking about the other brothers now yeah the winkle bosses so it's always the brothers it is involved (laughs) there's always some brothers involved somebody always wants their money but i just think it's interesting and netflix has not commented on anything they've just kind of stayed up because they're not being sued so they said uh fight your own battle right but keep making the goddamn show so this yeah. doesn't come through. Brett Net- owes us Corona minis now. Netflix is listening. not. Netflix is not involved in this whatsoever. Uh, from what I understood, that they are not um, being sued because they 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 didn't steal it from anybody. Right. They didn't know. Yeah. They just produced. They just a bought the show product. from somebody. Right. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But it's I, interesting how that happens too. I, but I wonder if this will have any impact on halting the new season in production because if they do get caught up in a legal battle. Is there any sort of injunction they would put out? Like, can't you can't imagine. make any more Stranger Things until we decide who actually created it. I I don't think so. No. Yeah, I feel like it's such a weak lawsuit. Yeah, and and there is so much money that's pouring into this, pouring into this series, and like how much money they can make off of it. it just keep driving the train forward, and if you get in trouble along the way, you, you'll dish it out out of court, and that'll cost. Yeah, just, I mean, they're, they're going to make a shitload like of money pay, keeping right? this train yeah, just move, moving forward. You just settle. settle. Even even if there is any and the sort judge of and the mediator will probably be a fan of the show and they'll yeah. just want to fucking get it. Get an autograph. Like, I just want to see season four. Can we get this fucking yeah. case closed? Season three, please. Bro. Season like, three, <laughs> whatever. Is it episode eight or nine? <laughs> it's episode fucking eight. I don't care, Dan. I'll show you right here. Actually, I don't trust your numbering system. Well, I'll show you the dates that my iOS actually slaps on these files. I don't care, and then we can trust those. So uh, it'll be like one two. Probably like eight or nine hundred Corona minis now in terms of the, yeah. the payouts. Oh, no, you this had, was a 50, you had another message go out. Yeah, this way. was. Uh, so this is not double or nothing. Double or nothing right here. This is not what happened. <laughs> yep. Double or yeah, nothing. Yeah, he's. So Brett has owed us since season two uh, Corona Ritas. Yeah. Yeah. Probably and on like close to a dozen occasions he's lost a bet or something has happened where he's need. Usually it's when his phone Corona goes minis. off. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a good season two point where. It was like every episode. Um, every episode, like his phone would go off, and he would forget yeah. to shut, shut his ringer off. I have a question for you guys, Retro. When it comes to the music that you guys create, because it, it seems to me like you have a very, very, I don't know how to say it, like a, um, it, it creates its own environment, the music. It's very, very, um, I wouldn't say experimental, but uh, what do you call that word? It, it basically, it, it creates its own ambience, its own environment. What would you guys see in like a show that you would love to back up the soundtrack to, like coming out or anything like that? I mean, is there anything that you're going like you're watching now and just going, "Damn, man! If we could get behind the saddle on this and we could make music for the show, this would be awesome." Or even if there isn't a specific show that you guys want, what type of genre would you guys like to see yourself venturing into if you were going to be composing music for a TV show or a movie? question yeah but i mean i've always noticed with your guys's music it has this this feel to it and i could totally see it backing up some sort of movie to me like a i don't know like a really really uh atmospheric horror movie or something like that but like what what would you guys see you venturing into if 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 you had that one opportunity to like we could we could score this or we can make the music for this like dazed and confused there we go something like Stuff that like that okay okay <laughs> i like that I feel like um, those movies are based off of just like being a fool and having fun. And that's how we like started our songwriting. We're like, let's just like make music that people can trip out to and just chill on and um, ride their bikes to motorcycles, freaking whatever. Okay. Okay. And 
kind of like an on the road maybe movie yeah. type of like, thing. I or? always imagine the desert. I don't know why. I imagine all of us sitting on rocks and just like popping out out of all the rocks and shit. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> that's where you go to trip out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how about you, James? Something else that I think our, our music would be a good fit for is video games. Oh, I get yeah. that a lot that we have video game music, <laughs> you know, with like just like a surfy vibe, I guess. Yeah. Um, there was actually a point that James transposed one of our songs for like an app. It was like a puzzle app, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Our, 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 one of our songs, which I don't think has, I think it was an instrumental version, is currently on the Punny Fuzzles app. It's still, uh, it's still available in apps. Wait, are you kidding me? Yeah. How do we not know about this? <laughs> There is a retro 8-bit version of a song on an app. It's not 8-bit. Okay, it's it's better than that, but it's it you know it's it's good quality. But it is a. Uh, it's like piano. It's key he key based, right? No, what you did I, with it? I recorded all the instruments. You didn't do any keys on it. I didn't do any keys. Oh, I did do yeah, piano. Yeah, yeah. I did do piano, but I played guitar. Right, I played right, bass. Right. I, and I this did is called Funky Puzzles. Punky funny puzzles. Funny puzzles. puzzles. No, punny fuzzles. Punny fuzzles. Funny Spoonerism, puzzles. bro. Spoonerism. Puzzles. It's a Spoonerism app. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, Check it out. I mean, I could always see Retro on like Tony Hawk Pro Studio 87. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> coming out next year, actually. Yeah, it is. 87. I mean, he did put some, uh, you know, California bands on there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was middle school music. Yeah. Half of it was Tony Hawk Pro Studio soundtracks. I remember that entire <laughs> soundtrack. The first one, all the songs on that soundtrack, yeah. I'm very familiar with. Yeah, Ace, Ace totally. of Spades from like Tony Hawk Pro Studio 3 still haunts my Superman, Superman by Superman. Goldfinger. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. yep. So here I am. Goldfinger. Yes. Chris. Chris has got it. Goldfinger. Yeah. Goldfinger. Yep. And then yeah. there was also, uh, dude, Jerry was a race car driver. Oh, Primus. Yes. Yep. Yeah, Primus. How do you get Primus on a yeah your first video game? That's pretty That's good. So artistic Tony Hawk Pro Skater. 87. 87. Can't wait. We can call Tony. <laughs> Lives in North County. Right. Made it happen. Yep. All right. We're going to head to break. We're going to come back. We've got an exclusive interview like we always do with Retra. Um, hopefully, they'll play some music for us. Uh, we are going to finish out our you bracket. An, yeah. We're going to go into the championship game of the Pop Not Soda Infinity War Madness bracket. I just watched Spider-Man Homecoming last night for the first time. For the first time. Oh. Yeah. It was really good. I liked it. Yeah. It's it's a year late, but uh, yeah, I'm I know. glad you're I'm here. Sorry. Um, and you will not want to miss the second half of the show. So we will catch you on the flip side. So I was lucky enough to stumble upon the Jersey Shore family reunion last night when I got home. Um, you know, I was a, I was a few drinks in. Is um, lucky the correct term? Maybe not. Uh, it, I would say yes. I blessed. would say yes. You're blessed. Blessed. So blessed. Because the first like thirty minutes of the show. First off, the premiere is two hours long. Let me just throw that out there. I didn't watch the whole thing, but the first thirty minutes was just like a recap of what everyone had been doing, and. It's pretty hilarious. What has everybody been doing since Jersey Shore, Brian? Some people are, you know, better off than others. I would say really the only one who's like pretty successful is Pauly because he's still doing his like DJ thing in yeah, Vegas. But he doesn't do it well. Can you really call him successful? Yeah, of course. Because he's making money for being him. Yeah, for like uh-huh. putting out shitty. I mean, like he hasn't had to work a day in his life and okay, he's fucking fair. rich, right? And uh, everyone else is just. Is the situation the worst off? He is. He is. So the situation, number one, not only looks terrible, like they all got plastic surgery too. Uh, not the guys, but the uh, situation did, and then all the girls. And they all look awful. And like the, the, the fucking Wow and Snooki have two kids each. And so like they sh- it's showing them like playing with their kids, and I'm like, this is weird. This just doesn't fit. And then like cut to them in a car talking about, oh, we're going to get fucking wasted and all this shit. It's like they're the same people. You know, you would think kids might change just or grow up, but no, absolutely not. They're still What's just, Ronnie doing? Uh, <laughs> they never say. He's just like, yeah, I've been living in Vegas for the last couple of years, but never says like what he's baby doing. Baby Ronnie is still doing baby Ronnie stuff. Yeah, just getting bar fights and sleeping with promiscuous women, I'm assuming. Uh, but the situation, oh my gosh, have the situation has fallen on hard times. So apparently he's going through like this crazy uh, tax situation with the IRS he doesn't make it down to the house because he has to go to court because he ends up um, taking like a plea deal. 
and so like they don't give out like the specifics of what it is but he misses like the first week uh because he's like working at this plea deal but the judge still allows him to go down to the fucking party house and like go party uh before he has to go to jail brian you mentioned it too the situation has had some hard times since jersey shore uh i'm looking this up right now he checked himself in the rehab in 2012 for an oxy addiction um he got <laughs> he got into a fight in a tanning salon in 2014 mm. mm-hmm. and uh yes recently he has pled guilty to tax evasion which i think he was let out for the filming so right <laughs> we are up to date he has also, uh, you know, packed on a few as well, and so no more, no more t-shirt time. So the running joke is that the situation is under construction, <laughs> uh, and it's so great too because Vinny is now like super fit, and Mike would always rag on Vinny for like kind of being chubby, and so now like the roles have reversed, and it's uh, it's 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 also kind of weird though because you're seeing like a very humbled. Uh, situation. He's, Mike, he's going to jail, right? Like this. Yeah. Is... Oh, yeah. He pleads guilty. Like yeah. he's getting a sentence. He was he was going to go to jail for like five to ten years if he tried to fight this, and like the, that was the maximum sentence. So now he probably you know plead down to like two or three in like a club he, he med type Wesley Snipes deal. Yeah, I mean it's tax evasion, right? They're not going to put you in with child molesters and murderers, right? Well, it's no, a situation. Just, <laughs> the judge might be like, fuck you. He's going to get sold up Piece with uh, ex-reality TV show stars. Like, Spencer might be joining you in six months or so. But, yeah, yeah, it's it's the reality TV show. Yeah. Uh, prison but, joint. But oh, James, shit, it sounded like... Uh, Screech, he could be locked up with Screech. Oof. Hey, Screech shanks people. Yeah, so Actually, that might be the next level, right? You just put all the reality stars that are in jail, like, in the same cell. And then make a reality the show. The new celebrity. Brian, you're stealing our moneymaker right now. <laughs> do, not, do not go any further with this. Uh, but uh, but James was actually you know we were we were kind of talking about Jersey Shore before and uh, you know James had mentioned that you have seen multiple episodes. Oh, beginning I watched to two end. seasons back to back straight one day when I was sick home from college. <laughs> uh, I think I lost several IQ points that day. But I must say that it is the best bad show on television. It's the TV equivalent of The Room. Yeah. Oh. That's a great. That's a great comparison. Wow. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, because they're wow. such terrible people, but they're so. It was so entertaining to watch, wow. you know. Yeah. It really was just train wrecks. Absolute train wrecks. I just who who would MTV like? Is this Roseanne's fault? Is this what it is? Is they were like, hey, they're bringing back Roseanne, the, one of their best sitcoms of all time. Us at MTV, we need to bring back our greatest hit show, and somebody was like, got it, Jersey Shore. Yeah, I think they're all still alive. One might be in jail. I'm reading about this now, too, and I didn't know this show spun off four individual series. Oh, yeah, because you had Pauly D that lasted for like six episodes. They were travel- They were following him in Vegas. You had okay. the Snooki and Wow show, which went for like multiple seasons. Okay. And then Vinny had a talk show out of his mom's house. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> yes. And Excuse so me? celebrities would come over to Vinny's mom's house on like Staten Island. And she would cut them like an Italian meal, and he'd interview them. Please tell me what this was called. Was it called Vinny's mom's house? Um, short round. Get on that shit. Yeah, we'll we'll get it. That would that would be the greatest talk show that you could ever go on, right? A home cooked meal. Yeah, like old school Italian like home cooked meal too. Right. Like. That sounds the most appealing out of all the things yeah. that you've mentioned so well, far. Vinny was always the most appealing out of all the characters. He was on the, the most show. normal. Person, yeah, he was definitely the most normal yeah. for sure. Like. Uh, which I think made sense that he's probably the best off, like, holistically, currently. Do you, mm. uh, sh- do we have an answer from Short Round? It's funny to me to hear that uh, that situation got fat. I'm guessing he's uh, he's been skipping the G on his GTL. Yes. Must be. He's down to a, a two-letter plan. A two-letter plan. He's on the TL plan. <laughs> right. He can't afford that third letter, all that tax evasion. Oh, man. I mean... Oh, so he was skipping the T too, because or T, the T just didn't. The T just stood for something else, right? <laughs> yeah, I, so it was called the show with Vinny. <laughs> we looked this up. The show. With it was Vinny. called the show with Vinny, according to Short Round. Thank you, Short Round. And the originality yes, is just he would just creativity have off the charts. People come over to his mother's house, and they'd hang out. And she and like his mom was like a character on the show, like because she's the old Italian mother. Wow. 
and she also made food. Great. The crazy thing I'm reading about this too is um, I didn't know this, but this show got so popular that um, Chris Christie got involved because apparently this show this show was giving New Jersey a negative view um, because Chris Christie wasn't doing that himself <laughs> <laughs> the entire time. But apparently, yeah, I didn't know this either. But I'm looking this up now. This this trash show inspired multiple other iterations of the show too. We have Geordie Shore that happened in England. Oh, that's the UK, oh, the UK heard, version. Yeah. There's like the Florida Bama one. There is Florida Bama, Florida Bama, which is Panama City Beach, Florida. Bunch of classy people out there, by oh, the way. Absolutely. Been there before. Um, we do have Warsaw Shore, which is Warsaw, Poland. What? Um, didn't know that that was a popular party joint. Also, Acapulco Shore. Okay. And Super Shore Or of Trois, which is uh, Paris, France. <laughs> And super short in the Mediterranean too. This thing went on for a while. These have are those have all aired. The institution yeah. of shore. Let's just let's just realize that this isn't even an original show itself. Yeah, it's basically this the show real world is right? the real world. Yeah, with but basically characters. they were like, let's take everything that's good about the real world and forget it, <laughs> and just take <laughs> terrible people who will learn nothing from each other and that are all the same. <laughs> And get them loaded and put them in a house. Did they even get a job during this entire... Yeah, they worked yeah, they at the t-shirt store. They worked t-shirt store. Oh, yeah, that's they right. They folded yeah, yeah, t-shirts. Yeah. I knew that. <laughs> Come on. They it's all worked. Yeah. yeah. That has to be such a high responsibility. Right oh, so there. that's actually in the uh, the premiere as well. So the girls go to the t-shirt store to get t-shirts made for the crew. And it's that same guy. Still that's, owns it. Hey, we got to do a roundtable right now. Who was your favorite Jersey Shore castmate? Let's go around right now and figure this out. Uh, pa- oh, Polly. Polly? Sure. Okay, Polly. Cabs are here. <laughs> uh, I'd probably have to say Snooky because I really liked what South Park did with the character. Oh, man. <laughs> mm, I'd have to say Snooky, too. Uh, my favorite to watch was uh, The Situation because he was just a major train wreck. Polly D? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Vinny. Vinny. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'll, go with I it. I will also say Vinny. Didn't Snooki made it on the cover of Rolling Stone, didn't she? Snooki, Did yes. Yeah. Snooki, Snooki wow. got very popular. Um, I'm going with the rare one on this one, Ronnie. I, 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 I like watching Ronnie and just the baby Huey antics that that just roid rage, like just roid. I mean, it's just there's no way that you you found the perfect candidate for Jersey Shore. Like you don't have to make any script up for this guy. He is a total idiot the entire time <laughs> yes and for some reason they thought it'd be a good idea to bring all these people back on TV here we are yeah. and like I said pop culture was a weird time between 2007 and 2010 is this considered a remake is it a sequel is it a rehash what is this Brian you've seen it before like I mean you just saw the first episode what would you consider uh, it I, well, I think they did a good job of titling it I think it's a reunion because it's not like far enough out. it's yeah. like five years out right or like so a revival not- Right, because I think a that's reboot? what like no, because it's not. They're not in Jersey Shore, and they're, they're not in restarting. Miami. So like that's why I think like Roseanne is a revival, because they didn't start over. It's the same characters, the same actors, but it's later. Right, and so I like would Will call it a revival. Yeah. yeah, that's a new thing, and I hate it. How much do you it think is. they're getting paid now? Are they getting paid? Okay, this is what I want to know. Are they getting paid? The equal amount that they were getting paid at the peak of Jersey Shore? No way. No way. Okay. No way. So they're half that. Yeah, they're they're getting humbled. Probably. This is no a desperation day. attempt. Yeah, exactly. But it's I still mean, way better than. I mean, they're still getting paid to party at the end of the day. Like right. better than a day job. To right? be fair, the situation's not getting paid. The federal government's <laughs> right. getting paid because the situation's on the show. This is for America. Yeah, and that says a lot. He's doing the yes. He's taking shots of Patron and hooking up with just ragged women for America. For America. For, for the taxpayers. I didn't know this. I'm looking this up right now too. The reason why mainly it happened in Jersey Shore, they got a four hundred and twenty thousand hundred or four hundred and twenty thousand dollar tax incentive to film it there. Mm. Imagine how much booze you can buy with that much money. I mean it, it's gonna go out in a week with these people, but still it a shitload of free booze that you can put so much ager so much ager what was the drink you all were drinking in 2010 that's what i want to know 
Because this show was totally focused around drinking. What were you all drinking in 2010? Flavored vodkas. Flavored vodkas? Yep. We drank a lot of Bacardi. Yeah. Martin. Martin, I did we, a lot of gin and tonic back then, actually. We drank a lot of Bacardi. Yeah. That was definitely my, uh, my vodka and uh, the fruit uh, monster, you know, that was like half juice and half energy drink. I feel like Chris has something interesting. I'm concerned. Not for loco. <laughs> oh, juice. Yeah, the juice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, definitely vodka and energy drinks for sure. <laughs> so you were doing some definite drinking, right? Um, yeah, underage drinking, uh, bottle runs, that silly stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna bring it back. I was drinking sweet tea vodka. Oh, oh yes, boy. yes, yeah. that was the popular oh, wow. thing in Seagram's? 2010. Yep, yep. yep. Sweet Seagram sweet tea vodka I was, was doing a big a thing. Whiskey sour and. Uh, Fuzzy navel, like twenty-one-year-old girl drinks and stuff. <laughs> fuzzy navel, fuzzy, fuzzy navel. navels. Uh, again, it was a dart time. Would you put it in your hypnotic? Navel and, like, People are drinking like that. I think. Well, speaking of funny navels, that is our new band name, the Funny Navels. Fuzzy navels. Fuzzy navels. Well, yeah, we. We have a lot of fuzzy navels here with us. <laughs> no, I have. I, have. You I don't think I have. I've never had. I don't a, think I've ever had navel. Why is that an attractive <laughs> drink, by the way? I, I want to know. Like, how do you see that on a menu and go, "Yes, fuzzy navel, that is what well, I want." I didn't. I actually got into it like not um, having any idea what it was. A bartender just made it for me. I was playing a show in some weird. Yeah. I don't know, bartender just gave it to me, and I liked it. It's like pineapple juice with peach schnapps and uh, I think vodka. What, what blows my mind is I know Chris Gorey, and he is an academic, you know, expert. And the fact that fuzzy navel on a menu <laughs> did not steer him away to get him to drink anything else blows my mind right now. It's a and scholarly he beverage. It again, huh? Yeah, he's like a scholar <laughs> and a He's like... You know, I was thinking like martini. Yeah. You know, you know, so, uh, yeah, whiskey neat. You gotta uh, kind of like, div- you know, devolve sometimes. And <laughs> yeah, you gotta try new things, right? You gotta bring it back just down. Live to earth, life, Chris. get back down to earth. You know? Yeah. <laughs> with all the other fuzzy needles. Mixed with the, the shore peeps, you know. The sweetest I've ever gotten really was like lemon drops and stuff. Not as sweet too so much. Mm. What were those things? Uh, surfer on acids. That was a big oh, one in college. Bro, they were crying. disgusting. Kamikazes disgusting. were also big. You barely know. Yeah. I got. Um, <laughs> well, Retra, uh, this is the third time uh, you all have graced our show. Uh, the first time being way back at our season finale, season one, with just Martin. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that was in 2015. So, I mean, you guys have been around longer than us, probably. And I think we've seen a... Maybe some different iterations. Some different iterations, but we've seen definitely an evolution evolution of the band. And so, with this interview, you know, what's... How has 2018 been treating Retro? I'd say this is the best year we've ever had. You know, um, we really have a, a solid lineup of people who are are dedicated to doing what we what we do um peter and rebecca have been great additions um to you know the core of chris martin and i who've been playing together since 2003 liquid liquid (laughs) whip that i'd like to bring up every time i can liquid whip um you know we're really happy with the way things are going we've been writing music at a fairly decent pace we've been playing shows and we've been getting people out to our shows which is really huge for us like we've played maybe i don't know seven six seven shows with this lineup and um with the exception of one of our shows we we had a packed house at every single one it's great you know mm-hmm. awesome. i mean you guys have got to play some awesome uh, music venues in san diego too because there are some great spots in San Diego, especially when it comes to local music. And you guys got to play the music bots, right? Oh, we played Casbah. Casbah, yeah. sorry. Casbah, which um, has been around for forever. 30 years. Yeah. And uh, I got to be at that show, and that was awesome. And that was that was a, a patch house. But um, what can you touch upon being able to play those venues that have been around through 
decades of San Diego music, which has its own identity and its own history. Um, <clears throat> the for playing Casbah was a lot of fun. I had played there in, in another band that I was in uh, a couple years ago, but it was different. Like with this lineup, it was a lot of fun, and it's kind of crazy playing that venue because like smashing pumpkins nirvana like all these like huge bands that i was like fans of when i was a kid uh have played there so you're like standing there and you're looking at the ground and you're like oh man i'm like stepping in like billy corgan's sweat or something <laughs> yeah, it's fossilized cool. sweat. Yeah. <laughs> no i would agree i think that it's a really cool experience i think that um there's also something to be said for like the newer venues too that are starting to pop up here and there. There's there's one that has been around for a while now called the Moreau that we've been playing at a lot. Um, Tim Piles from 91X does a lot of shows at the Casbah and the Moreau. So um, that's been a really cool venue for us to, to get acclimated to and, and understand how the, the sound and acoustics are in there and, and really cater our sound to that too. Yeah, you guys have a show there tonight. I mean, we're recording. We're going to release this on Monday, but you're at the Moreau on Saturday, the prior to the release right so you we're guys actually, are playing tonight yeah tonight we're playing at a place called title tk it's like a pop-up show at this place it's like a dm for address sort of thing oh nice. so super okay. exclusive so we've been pushing that but yeah we have a show yeah we got, we got passwords for the door exactly you got to knock a certain way to get in no but we do have a show at the moreau coming up on the 20 24th april 24th. tuesday april 24th yeah. that's a tim pile showcase um we're playing with day trip and matthew McGraw, if I didn't say your name right, I'm sorry, guy. <laughs> uh, he's probably not listening, so you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be realistic with our fan base. Um, so uh, another cool, I think, um, 2018 milestone for Retro is uh, this morning you released a brand new song. Yeah, it's called 333. We've been working on it for a little bit. Um, Bex, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. 333 was the song that introduced me to this band, our first time jamming, that mm -hmm. they were like, hey, you sing, we play, you want to come through? We, I wrote that song with them. The lyrics just came to me naturally. I was like, whoa, this is, just became a thing right now. For real. <laughs> yeah. The cool thing about 333 is that it's kind of setting the framework for what we want to do the rest of the year. The song... The number, I, we came up with it a long time ago, but it's kind of haunted us a lot. And I think like a lot of us can speak to just seeing that number of various places on receipts, on like, you know, like terminals at the airport, like random places, right. man. It's like the, randomly checking your watch, your phone. Yeah, it's so weird. Like the steps you take on a Stairmaster when you press pause or something. It's like weird how it all pops up. But anyway, we're releasing three EPs that are going to be three songs each um, over the next uh, year here. And that's going to kind of tie into this one single, 333, and be more like a 10-song collection for us. That's yeah. awesome. I believe the the origins of the name 333 were because, well, it's half of 666, which is the that's time the of the witching, witching hour. hour yeah. yeah. So you're like halfway to, to the witching hour. You're halfway like, to the witching yeah. hour. Yeah. Right. No, 333 itself is the witching yeah. hour so because it's half. 3 a.m. is the witching hour. Yeah. But I was I said that three thirty three was like the more perfect witching time because it's half of six six six. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we got there. Yeah. We got there. these there. are the we're conversations there. we have, <laughs> and then <laughs> randomly from that, we're haunted by this number forever. And Chris shows up to practice with a broom and everything. Right. So, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So. Just speaking in tongues sometimes <laughs> on the track. You just. I have a question for you guys because you. I mean, you've obviously, you're releasing these EPs. Are these EPs accessible through your live shows? Or how do we purchase these EPs that you guys are going to be, be releasing? They don't exist yet. Okay. Okay. Wah, wah, wah. wah. Yeah, still so be. stay tuned. Pre-production. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. but three thirty three, the single that's again kind of pushing that framework of of what we're trying to go with, like the three thirty three era, if you will. Yeah, that's available right now on SoundCloud, and then we'll have that up on Apple Music and Spotify probably by the time you guys are posting this. Perfect. You know? And then everybody that's listening to, I mean, we like you guys. We love you guys. We've had you on before. How do we support you? I mean, where where do we go to give like monetary contributions or anything like that? How do we push Retra and give some support to Retra if we want to? Instagram. I can give you my address. Yeah, you can send Come checks. I've Venmo. been to your address before, Chris. I, Chris. I don't know Glory. if I want to go there again. <laughs> no, hey, but pal. I mean, like, do we do we show up to the like? What is the best avenue to support you? Show up to the live shows and then buy merch, or what do we? How do we 
get you guys. We're working on that whole merch thing, but come to the shows. If you feel like you want to support us, we will make a tip jar. And you guys are accessible, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the cool thing about you guys is I, I have a feeling, I mean, been to the shows before. You guys are very, very accessible at, after the show. I mean, how often do you get to talk to the band that you enjoyed and then you can just shoot the shit with them afterwards and you guys are very, very accessible as musicians. If you come out front with us, we'll always talk to you for as long as you want. Yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's that's been really one of the cooler things about playing these venues too, and all, all the other bands that we get to play with is just that networking aspect of it. Yeah, and just bouncing ideas off of each other too. We have really good relationships with a lot of different bands, and you know, especially this show, we're playing with a couple bands we played with before, Day Trip and One I Read. Um, so it's really nice to just see familiar faces and, and have that support when you know you have a show booked and you need some support from another band to come out and play with you. Um, having that that library of folks to choose from that you know are quality acts is really cool to have. Yeah. And where uh, where can we find you? Like social media, website, Instagram. Instagram. We are IG. at Retra Music on Instagram. No underscores or spaces or anything. SoundCloud. Website Facebook. Soon. Is the website is the website uh, under construction like the situation right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because on our it's the first time right the first time we had Martin on the show, I go, oh yeah, retromusic.com. and Martin's like, no, that's not real, and I'm like. What do, you, what do you mean? This is your website, right? This is your band. And we had like, something up. Oh, James made a website. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was Dude, like, it was, it was news to Martin. You tied it to Reverb Nation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, this is for you. This is 2014 <laughs> when this conversation yeah. had, or 2015. Oh, yeah. It, it redirected to our Reverb Nation. Yeah. Right, right. right. Wow. Which, um, which was fantastic. Yeah. Well, the dev team's been working on it. This yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So exactly. Be, but yeah, the best support that we can get right now is coming out to the show, sharing the music with people that you think would like our sound. Um, writing retro on your forehead bringing exactly. your friends to the show love. bring your friends um, so I know that you guys have had this full lineup uh, for a bit now mm-hmm. um, and I think one process when you and you're, whenever you integrate new um, pieces to a band is uh, how does that change the songwriting how does that impact the songwriting process um, the core of the songwriting process has essentially remained the same um, you know Chris and I usually all have an idea and Chris and I will work through it and then Martin will add his his ideas to it and you know the drums will evolve as we go as as things change and then once we kind of have a solid musical foundation uh, Rebecca kind of just does her magic to it and you know I'll work with her a little bit on lyrics sometimes but it's mostly coming from her um, you know everyone puts their own piece into it um, and I feel like we're coming up with some great music, if Re- I may say so. Much. Yeah, it reminds me of a little bit. I, re- I remember watching a documentary on The Who, and it, it seems like you guys are all an equal part of the thing, and it's like a ball of yarn, and you guys just slowly start putting that together. You implement your pieces, and then the whole thing operates because all f- five pieces are working together yeah. you know, equally and things like that. That is very, very respectable. Totally. I think we always want to complement each other's playing. Never want to play over the same thing or anything like that. Yeah. It takes some time to get, get it right, but for some reason, we always tend to write songs in pairs, too, <laughs> is something we've realized over the last few months. Okay. That we do. It's good to have a second thing, so you're working on the first one, you get frustrated. Yeah. Like, you know what? All right, I'm going to walk away from this and go to the second song, and you kind of we have our moments though where we will have like good jams with all of us playing just random shit and me just like freestyling in my head but we're never recording and we'll never remember what the hell we just played so (laughs) it never really matters when we do it like that the songs that we end up playing usually get built from the ground up like we right. Like we're gonna sit down and do this, not, yo, that sounded cool. Does anyone remember what we played? No. <laughs> we write songs in pairs because we usually will write a bunch of parts or write like three or four parts or something, and then one of them <clears throat> or one or two of the parts like won't like mesh as well. They won't, they won't mesh as well with the other parts, and so we'll just take them out and like mess with them. We'll mess with them, <coughs> and we'll turn them into another part. Yeah, um, I have the opportunity to speak with musicians and different bands and really get an insight to that process because they have fantastic musicians like yourselves on and really kind of get into that creative process and, and kind of get an insight um, because that's the only way you kind of get that unless you're in it. Yeah, it's cool for us, too, to talk about it like this, because I don't think we always get the opportunity to explain it like that as a whole. You know, we talk to our friends. They're like, oh, like, what's band practice like or this and that? And we're usually on our own, right? But as a group with you guys, it's cool to just 
go through that and like hear what each other has to say in person too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a different it's perspective, you know, for us. And well, we also offer group therapy sessions. Yeah, pretty much. If you want to come back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, it's just uh, it's professional pe- pillow fighting. We just have you work out all of your uh, frustrations with each other. I have a question for you guys. So, like, I mean, we're going to tease a song at the end of this. We're going to play a couple of songs live and things like that. Mm-hmm. But anybody that hasn't heard you before, when you're going out to the venue and you're looking for a new type of music and things like that, what would you describe your music as to get people out there and really just capture that audience? I think yeah, one of my favorite phrases, which may not exactly uh, describe it, but is post-funk. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but we're, we're kind of... Listen to it after funk. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of, there's a lot of rock and roll, but it, there's also a lot of funk and kind of the funk sort of influence, you know, and keeping things where you're bobbing your head, you know, they're fun, energetic. Yeah, I mean, musically, it's really like funky and like surfy. Um, but yeah. Rebecca brings her own like vibe to it. Like, she, if you ask me, she sounds like if uh, Amy Winehouse and Rihanna had a baby. <laughs> okay. Nice baby. Yeah, be good looking nice baby, baby probably. That's fantastic. I feel like we also have some a lot of um alternative in the mix cuz uh one of our songs, which one is it? Fly. Fly. It's yeah, Fly. It's like it talks a lot of like dark grunginess and it brings me back to my middle school days where I just wear black and beanies and Black See now you're that, now you're talking about this and I'm picking up a vibe, Rebecca. Yeah. So that's what I want to talk to you about because we have we've interviewed Retro before, but we haven't seen you a part of Retro, and we want to know like, okay, what is like, what are you bringing to the table with Retro? Like, what is the vibe as a singer that you're bringing to? Like, are we looking Janis Joplin or, or like what are the influences when when it comes to wow, bringing you're it to spot on? I literally was telling Peter last night, I was like. Every time someone asks me who's my favorite singer, I just blink and I'm like, oh, everybody's so good. And I've established that Janis Joplin is my girl. All right. I'm a very old soul. So all I grew up was was weird mix. We can pick up the vibe. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was a funny mix. I listened to a lot of old oldies, goodies, but oldies. And my parents are tech heads. So I could actually dance really good to like electronic music and do all that. Okay. Okay. Shit. Nobody ever expects that out of me too, because I'll be like singing oldies, and then I'll know, bro. I'll be shuffling in the middle of the floor. Well, and that's an exciting thing too, because I don't, I don't think like in the genre of like new music and everything like that, we are seeing a wave of strong female, you know, lead singers mm-hmm. and things like that. But I still think it's somewhat of a rare thing. So when you have a female singer that just has her I- identity, and then that you know, really fits well with the band. Like that is something that is very special these days. So shout out to you guys, Retro. You guys are doing it right. Chris just dropped. Chris is shit. tearing up our studio right now. <laughs> I don't even know. That's what why just we happened. brought him. Yeah. Just, you know. He's just dancing. He wants to play he some music. He it up and he yeah. leaves. <laughs> I'm just afraid. We don't have any dollies around here, right? He's not going to throw anything. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, um, I think let's uh let's yeah, get let's out of the way. Some, we'll let's we'll, we'll Retro play some music. Yeah. Um, yeah, but first, but first, if you wanted to hear who who won the championship, who advanced to the championship of Pop Nuts, Soda's Infinity War Madness bracket, bust out your brackets right now. I know you've got it. We left off on the final four. It was Iron Man versus Hulk, Spider Man versus Thor. Yep. And wait till next week, and we'll tell oh you. Oh my goodness! I thought it was who's advancing to the championship and who won. If Iron Man and Spider Man don't win, I'll be pissed. Uh, that's fair. Okay. Um, and you can voice all your comments on all of our social media, and uh, we won't care. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so make sure you tune in to find out who the champion is and to see if we have a repeat from last year where Brett and I almost fought. We won't yeah. care what we think still. Yeah. No, yeah. no. I mean, well, we'll much we'll like Marvel, we're just, we're just yeah, trying to drag this out. If I want yeah. your opinion, I'd give it to you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, we would have you on the show if we really cared. As long uh, as you bring your fuzzy navels. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then you're all good. But we are going to close uh, with a performance from Retra. So make sure that you get ready. You put on the you know your noise canceling headphones. You uh, you make your own fuzzy navel to relax and enjoy the song. Um, and make sure that you go support them at all of their live shows. Um, that's another uh, what's happening in Brett's alley as a dog is being I think murdered. Their new backup singer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 
But like they've mentioned, you can find them at Retro Music on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Facebook page. Um, make sure that you DM them if you're trying to make some of their secret or surprise location we'll shows. Have more of those too. Yeah. Uh, make sure you check out the new single 333, not to be confused with 333, um, but 333. And uh, you can find all this information as well on any of our social media profiles because we have linked to all of their accounts on all of our posts for this episode. Um, and if you miss us throughout the week, make sure that you're following us on Twitter at pop underscore not soda. Brian is at B Owen 619. Brett is at Nieces Pieces and I'm at Paper Champion DP. Um, and before we sign off, I do have sad news that our pub crawl that was planned for this Saturday um, has unfortunately been postponed. Uh, it has been not dead. It's not canceled and going away, but we have to have to replan it and relaunch it for June. So make sure you're looking out for the relaunch of the Crawl of Fame for 2018 happening this summer. And you so, can blame Brett. It's all his fault. Yeah. Um, if you have any angry feelings about that, please send them Brett's way. Again, at Nieces Pieces yep. is where you can um, voice all your frustration. He will read every reply and probably get pretty upset. So yeah. It's so a good please time. do it. Please yeah. do it. Uh, But without further ado, here is Retra. Life goes by just like that Have you heard it pass through your ears Just like, like a bird We hear it, we start to ride Start passing, we start to ride Going through it was the last moment It felt like this I hope that you can enjoy it Let's open That was my last day Creeping up fast just where I need to go Stop, hey mister, hopping Waponi on my radio We hear it, we start to ride Stop passing, we start to ride Going through it was the last moment You felt like this I hope that you can enjoy it a little bit That was my last take, last thrill, last ride, last time to the Life goes by just like that Have you heard it pass through your ears Just like, like a bird We hear it, we start to ride Stop passing, we start to ride Going through it was the last moment You felt like this I hope that you can enjoy it A little bit That was my last Let's ride, let's time to the next. Going 
Come see us at the Moreau in Hillcrest on April 24th.